Thank you for joining us on another episode of We Watched Watchmen. This is episode 5, which means we are covering episode 5 of HBO's Watchmen television show. And this episode was a doozy. So I'm really excited to talk about joining me this week is Kale Ward, who's been with me every single episode. You might say we finally got to go beyond the looking glass this episode. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. Uh, I'm surprised <laughs> that wasn't the name of the episode, to be honest with you. Yeah, you know what? You're right. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, as Kale alluded to, uh, we really did learn a lot about the looking glass character. So this episode, similar to episode three, was more of more focused on an individual character which is something that the Watchmen comic book did and did well. And Doomsday Clock actually did too. The the Watchmen sequel-ish comic book that uh, DC is currently launched, uh, currently publishing and will be publishing for the next 20 years. Yeah. Till the, till the minute hand runs high on the Doomsday Clock in real life. Yeah. And uh, I think that this, for my money, was probably the best episode yet. Or at least the one I enjoyed the most. I think so. I really enjoyed this episode, yeah. I think on the same level that I enjoyed the uh, the Laurie Blake episode. Yep, that's exactly what I was saying as well. Those were, those two are, are my favorites. I think so. I think so. Yeah. I, I, I kind of think they have the most sort of Watchmen spirit. Uh, I think I I think there's something in the the fact that the the show's sort of vehicle is Angela Abar makes her a little bit less interesting, and it sort of takes away from the well, not less interesting, but it sort of takes away from the Watchmen of it all. Yeah. Well, there's not really much mystery to her because we've spent a lot of time with her, and she's humanized. She has a family yeah. that we see regularly, and She's our POV character, so everything that she goes through, we're with her for. Whereas yeah. uh, Looking Glass has probably been, of the, I guess, heroic characters that are left, he's probably the one with the most mystery attached to him up until this episode. I think the only other mm-hmm. argument you can make is for Cal, if you consider him. Uh, but, yeah. but So, we, 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 we see something that really I didn't expect to see. Going into this show, but as soon as the the stage was set, I knew what it was. What 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 it was? You mean I know exactly what you're talking about. You mean the hooded justice dollar bill sex scene? No, not what I meant. And that's not what you meant. No, that was. I gotta say, I, I didn't see that coming. Me neither. Uh, but uh, that's I wasn't even thinking about it, <laughs> and then I got surprised. <laughs> um, you know what? Dollar bill didn't seem coming either. Oh, way. <laughs> Sure felt him though. Anyway, uh, what I'm referring to is we actually see that uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Jesus, uh, um, Looking Glass. My God, sorry. No, <laughs> we see that Looking Glass. Call him Mirror Guy. That's mirror what guy, uh, I know. If she can get away with it, we can. <laughs> we see that Wade as a younger. Uh, man, probably a high school age kid, mm. was actually uh, adjacent to New York. He was in Hoboken, New Jersey, when the squid was dropped onto New York and the psychic blast went out. 
he was able to survive that event, but clearly it destroyed him and permanently traumatized him. That was pretty wild. Yeah. Like, there were several points in that um, in in that cold open where I, I was like, okay, this will pay off later. And then it just kind of kept going until the thing happens. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, okay, I get where the mirror thing came from then. Right, right, exactly. Um, and this was something that, you know, we've seen it in the book. And it, it has an impact, right, in, in the Watchmen comic. But for me, seeing it live, you know, seeing the the fire, seeing the burning, seeing the dead bodies, having a character who we relate to have this very visceral reaction to everyone around him being dead, that hit me harder than the comic book did, for sure. Definitely. Definitely. And and seeing it. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's something there's something about it when when it happens in Watchmen the comic that it, it sort of takes place off screen yeah. and we sort of see the aftermath. But in this, we see the moment. Granted, we see it, you know, in Hoboken, which is 30 miles away or whatever, but, you know, far enough that the impact is still there and, you know, we can sort of cut across the river and see everything else. Yep. Yeah, it's it, it was really impactful and really well done. Something that, a lot of people have said something I have said is that the squid ending of Watchmen is a little goofy. And mm. I've always stood by that. And I liked that the Watchmen movie changed the ending. But this episode proved that that ending doesn't have to be goofy. It can absolutely work. It can be horrifying. And you can buy into it. And that's something that this show, I feel, has done really, really well. If you think that superheroes are corny or lame or whatever, that's fine. But this show treats it seriously, but not too seriously. But it's all viable. I believe in this world. And that's the best compliment you can pay to anything not real, right? Mm. So, um, very, very well done. Well, and I think the the thing that sort of complements the show in the book and they work so well in tandem is when you think about the way the squid is created in the book, like, and when you really think about it, you know, it was created by scientists and, and literature people all put together on an Island, uh, you know, by Vate and, and there's just, you know, little hints and drops of things that are peppered through the book that, that, you know, even when it happens, even though it is a little goofy, it's just like, Oh yeah, a squid. Yeah, of course. Yeah, duh. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> for sure. So we, also, yeah. sorry. When you think about squids, like in real life, it would have to be a squid. Have you ever seen like stories with squids in aquariums? No. They like crawl out of their uh, cages or whatever, and they just go do shit. Whoa! Like there's a, there's a story of. Uh, a squid in an aquarium and like the the people who work in the aquarium start noticing fish going missing and they watch the security cameras and the squids are are climbing out and literally going into the other (laughs) tanks and eating the fish wow amazing so we we again the episode really follows wade tillman slash looking glass uh very very closely 
And we get the picture of a man who is very disturbed and very hurt by what he's been through. Clearly, his life has never been what it could have been. He grew up a very religious person. He thought that that the world was going to end in a war between the U.S. and Russia. And he was right. The problem is that while that didn't happen, it may as well have for all the good that it did him. Because what happened was arguably worse than that. And it's a double whammy because not only did he just witness like hundreds of people die, he also just got pantsed, right? And got his clothes taken from him by a girl who, you know, played him. And so he's had the worst. He's had to carry both of these traumatic events with him for his entire life. And we see that that resulted in the end of a marriage that he was in Mm. with a, with a woman. Uh, we see that he is extremely paranoid. He, his whole house is rigged uh, with these, you know, alarms for, for, for doomsday. Um, and he, he's having a hard time. And we now know the purpose of the mask, which is to protect him from a psychic event. I wish I had it. I don't know. <laughs> it's like, uh, yeah, it's like it's it's like a, a Watchmen version, a superhero version, if you will, of the, uh, the tinfoil hat. Yeah. Which... When you see it, it actually makes a lot of sense in context. Sure. Absolutely. Um, but I, I just I came out of this feeling really bad for this guy. Really, really bad. Well, especially at the end. Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> uh he's got some trouble headed his way for sure. So there were a few interesting things that happened that are kind of adjacent to him or not necessarily totally based around him. Uh, so he's been tasked by Sister Knight to find out what's up with these pills. And so he goes and meets with his ex-wife, as we just talked about, and we find out that they are nostalgia pills. And basically what they do is that you relive things that you've lived through. Mm. Is that not what you got out of it? No, no, it is. It is. Uh... I guess I guess I'm just wondering. They're yeah, they're memory pills, but they're memory pills by like the strict definition. Like these are pills with memories in them. I see. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And they can you can only experience the memories of the person who the pills were made for. They're very specific. And so, if an individual were to take someone else's pills they would experience that person's memories, which we see at the very end of the episode. Uh, You know, Angela had swallowed all those pills, and we know that next episode is going to be based around her experiencing her grandfather's memories, Mm. which looks like it's going to be absolutely crazy. Yeah. My question is, how in the world did they even get this thing? Like, where did this come from? This, what do you mean? These pills, I mean, that's a crazy uh, uh, concept. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I I mean, you got to think that's probably... uh, What is the... uh, Actually, that's a good question. What what does the uh, Pedipedia thing say about that? Well, uh, we know that they they came... They were created in 2007. Uh, Oh. Yeah. So I don't know that that has any... Go ahead. Uh, yeah, by true. Okay, yeah, that was that would have been my guess. Is yeah. uh, 
is by uh by true because they seem true seems like a company that's very technologically ahead um in terms of where the watchman world is and this episode clued us in even more to how different this world is technologically from ours because not only do we see these pills uh but we also see the cloning of the pets um, that was wild. That was very <laughs> she, wild. She put that thing in that dishwasher, and I went, "Oh no!" <laughs> I didn't like that at all. No. But I don't know if you caught this. It was it was kind of a quick moment, but the receptionists were clones of each other too. Mm-hmm. I saw a couple of um, employees or, or who seemed to be people in that scene. Yeah, who who seemed to be very similar twins, you could say. Right. So that makes me wonder if 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 that's something we should be paying attention to if there isn't some kind of clone thing going on somewhere well i mean i mean we we only have to look as far as adrian wherever you know wherever he is aha well actually i think that's not the only character i think lady true you know we talked about her a lot last week because that's where we were Mm -hmm. really introduced Mm -hmm. to her Mm -hmm. but i think You know, one of the things we speculated about was that her daughter was actually a clone of her. Mm -hmm. And that she herself may be a clone of a prior Lady True. Now, furthering this theory, for me anyways, was a very small moment in this episode where uh, Looking Glass is leading this, you know, therapy session or, you know, this meeting for people who are suffering um, from the events. uh, What they call it? Eleven Two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have their own their own nine eleven, um, and one of the dudes who was speaking was talking about how he actually was um, not alive when this happened, but that his mother was present, and that the trauma was so bad that it sort of carried over into him generational trauma. Mm. I've been talking about generational trauma on this podcast for the last four episodes because I believe that it's a, it's an important factor. So here now we've had it said outright. Mm. And the first thought that I had was about the, the dream that Lady True's daughter had about a memory that she could not have. Yeah, yeah. So so I connected those two dots together and I don't know what what they're supposed to mean, but I just feel like cloning plus the memory situation equals lady true and her daughter are clones that's where i'm at with it yeah that's where that's how that's where i I, know that makes perfect sense i'm into it i i didn't even i went to adrian and and mr phillips and uh miss uh crankshaw or whatever the fuck her name is uh instead of lady true but yeah no uh, based on what you said i that does back up what we said last episode for sure yeah, and I, I was a little bit disappointed that Lady True wasn't in this episode because I really like that character mm. and I'm really intrigued by her. And knowing we only have four episodes to go, I and the next one seems like it's going to be focused a lot on uh, Sister Knight's, you know, memory episode, trip. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't want us to also lose sight of Lady True going forward. I I, I imagine similar to the comic if it's if it's going to be anything like the comic i i would 
imagine she'll kind of show up the way Adrian did in like the last two issues of of Watchmen. She'll she'll be one of the main focuses or whatever. Yeah. Well, speaking of Adrian, we got a lot of information with him this episode. Yeah. So one of the fan theories, actually, that I don't think we brought up on this podcast is that he was on the moon. And I read it, and I put it in the back of my mind, and I discarded it. Well, it was correct. Sort of. I think it's 100% correct. He was on a moon. He was on one of Jupiter's moons. Huh. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. When he first comes out, he's looking at Jupiter. Oh. Like, it's it's great big in front of him. And then you can see an orange dot sort of to his left. And then there's just a, a teeny tiny dot further on. That's Earth. So I'm pretty sure that's that he's on one of Jupiter's moons. Okay. I didn't I didn't realize uh he was on Jupiter's moon. Well, that is is actually really interesting and it and it lends to a theory that I had discarded myself, another theory I discarded, which is that Dr. Manhattan really is his jailer. Because in the episode he's he's tell so okay, let's let's say what happens. Uh he he rockets himself off and ends up outside of whatever dome or illusion he's in and ends up on the moon and we see the dead bodies of of so many of the clone people that you know um he has used to try to get out Mm -hmm. and they're all there dead and he uses them to spell out the word save me the phrase save me um and then he gets yanked back yeah into this this you know prison did it seem like there was another word there toward at at the end of save me? I thought that there might have been. But the the the, the shot was such a way where if there was more it was deliberately obscure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um I'm going to screen share this with you. Um it is it is definitely Jupiter. Okay. Can you can you see that? Yeah. Yeah. I yeah, totally. Yeah, that, that don't look like any earth I've ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so I, 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 it's like he, it's gotta be, like as far as like the the game warden or whatever, like that's gotta be Manhattan. Well, I mean, like not the actual game warden, but his his actual jailer has to be Manhattan. Yeah, there's no other person that we know of who could get him on Jupiter, on moon of Jupiter. Yeah. But then the other thing was that he tells these people, "Your God has abandoned you." And he's not coming back, and he did so with good reason. You guys are pathetic, blah blah blah. Well, he says your God, and le- like as if they're not human, which they're not. So who is their God? Again, Doctor Manhattan. The end of the book says he wants to go see if he can't create life. Mm. What if he created life? So Phillips and Crenshaw, or whatever the fuck her name is, it are an Adam and Eve. Yep. And instead of reproducing they've been cloned right whoa yeah huh so i wonder if manhattan didn't put adrian there i wonder if adrian chased him Hmm. and because manhattan was trying to create life he would have tried to replicate what's on earth similar to the way in in the book 
when uh when he makes the glass castle he has to make an environment that Laurie can exist in yeah so i wonder if well i guess i i, I don't wonder this part I, I i guess there's like a dome or whatever of biosphere on this moon and adrian got himself stuck there yeah that's i think that's exactly what's going on the piece of the puzzle that has me confused though is the element of the tomato Mm. that grew on the tree that should have been an apple but wasn't dr manhattan is from earth he knows what grows on trees why would it be there i i hmm (laughs) admittedly probably looking too far into it but i wonder what um what specific ecology is that even the word biology would be needed to even just transfer you know that idea well i moved an atom here and now tomatoes grow on trees yeah we're definitely going to need more information the adrian Veidt stuff has been a drip feed this episode gave us so much just by showing us that he's on a moon um but there's still so much more that we need to know mm. And it, but it's exciting though. This is what I was asking for. I wanted more info, and we got it. So I'm happy with what they showed. A lot of this episode was info dump in very good ways. Yes, yes. And 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 let's actually talk about the other uh, major sequence slash info dump, which was when Looking Glass. Uh, meets this woman who went to 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 his meeting and they go out to a bar and they drink and things like that um and then she gets picked up by a friend who happens to be driving the same truck that was being driven in the first episode when the cop got killed right so he follows this truck to the compound that is of the seventh cavalry which of course was a total trap and there he, the first major revelation is that they have a a, a teleportation device. I guess not, maybe not teleport a portal. A portal, yeah, device. is what is what they call it. Is yeah, unbelievable. <laughs> well, it it. I mean, it, I guess it just goes to show that like every faction here, every player in this game has something. Yeah, and it even seems like our good guy, good guys, quote unquote, are behind. That's what I was going to say to to what you were saying is that the only people who don't appear to have much mm. is our our, our our good guys, and um, it's really really interesting because where does one acquire technology like that? You know who's funding that? That's a major question. But the other thing that we learn is that the leader of the 7th Cavalry is the Senator, uh, Keen. So I guess that also answers who's, who's funding that. Right. I guess, yeah. Yeah, probably, um, yeah. Yeah, it's, I guess, you know, it's one of these things, this moment in particular is one of the things I really, really like about this series and the way it sort of pays things off. Uh-huh. Similar to Lost, it's like each each episode gives you a question and then it answers it later right and it sort of depends on the gravity of the situation as to how it answers or when it answers but don't you worry it's go answer yeah and 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 
with Lost, I'm so glad you brought that up. I'm always, I always want to talk about Lost. Um, with Lost, one of the problems with that show as it got uh, longer in tooth was that it was higher on questions and shorter on answers. Mm-hmm. But the first season, second season, really did a great job of, of, of exactly what you just described, especially in the character episodes. Yeah. And right here, we got, you know, okay, well, how the hell did they get this portal? Who's funding that? Oh, it's Keen. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, how does this relate to Judd? Oh, Judd was a part of it too. You know, like, question, answer, question, answer. Wherever your mind would naturally go, the show's got an answer. And if it doesn't answer it in this episode, you better believe you're going to get that answer soon. Yep. So, so Keen, though, he doesn't appear to be, or at least he doesn't present himself as some super racist white supremacist. He has an agenda. He seems to want peace between the two factions. Mm. And he wants Looking Glass to help him take Angela off the playing field because she's too uh, uncompromising. Very, very, very similar, by the way, to the Rorschach position at the end of Watchmen, where he was the one character who wasn't down to go along with this secret. He was mm. he was uncompromising, and that's why he had to die. Well, same situation with Angela. Of course, she would not go for this, and she's the troublemaker. And you better believe that Keen put Laurie in the position that she is in, unknowingly so on her part, to keep Sister Knight in check. I I think the other interesting, the other really interesting, uh, I don't know if wrinkles the the right word. The other interesting uh, piece of conversation there is the is the race factor. Yeah. Uh, Speak of it. All the I mean, all the people you listed, other than Sister Knight, are white people trying to keep a black person, a black woman specifically, in check. And 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 you know when you <laughs> when you said that Senator Keene wasn't a, uh, you know, an outright white supremacist. Well, that's, you know, that's not great. (laughs) Yeah, he doesn't present himself that way. To me, he is. Yeah. Because you couldn't couldn't sit idly by, especially with these gurus, who who we know what they're about. So, uh, but he he doesn't want to kill Looking Glass, or at least that's what he says, right? Mm. He wants him to join the fold. He wants his help. He wants Looking Glass to set Angela up to give information to Lori so that Lori can do her job. And then he has Looking Glass watch a video. For those of us who have been watching, or excuse me, for those of us who have read Watchmen, this video provided us with very, very little new information. Mm. But if you have never read Watchmen, this episode was even more monumental for you. Because it tells you what it is that Ozzy did. Why, how the squid ended up on Earth. Who orchestrated this event? Correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't feel like the show has ever actually addressed that head on. I don't think so. No, I don't think so. I think it's, the show itself hasn't. I think, I think maybe one of the PDPedia articles or pieces of content has maybe hinted at it, but um, yeah, I don't think the sh- I don't think the show has. 
I love that. I love that the show uses that as a mystery, an extra mystery for those of us in the audience who have not read Watchmen. It doesn't presume that you know this. It actually uses it to the show's advantage. Yeah. Uh, man. And I, <laughs> boy, do I wish I could be one of those people. Yeah. Just to have to have that shoe drop. Can you imagine? Uh, yeah. Uh, my girlfriend and I were sitting there, jaws dropped for two different reasons. Uh, for me, it was just so crazy to hear this being said, you know, out loud, especially because in the Watchmen world, it is a big secret. Mm. But for her, it was crazy because she didn't know that. Oh, she, she never read? No, she has not read wow. Watchmen. Wow. Yeah. So for her, it was, a, it was a big moment. But for us, though, we did learn one thing that we didn't know. Uh, two, actually. One is that um, Adrian put Robert Redford in the position to become the president, and he had done so seven years mm. prior to him actually becoming the president. And the second thing is that Adrian is the person who was causing the, the uh, squids to fall from the sky. He mentions that in order to uh, keep that fear alive in people, they need a regular reminder. Hmm. And so... He doesn't explicitly say it, but the regular reminder is the squids falling from the sky, and one plus one is two. I right? missed that. Wow. Yeah. What a dick. Um. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> um. Before we continue and get off that, how did you like this version of Adrian versus the one we've had so far, appearance-wise? Yeah, it, you know, it's a little weird because they, they mentioned the plastic surgery thing, but here he looks exactly like Jeremy Irons, yeah. so obviously, you know, whatever. Mm. Um, I don't know. I like this version of Adrian listening to him talk because he sounds more like the Adrian from the book, whereas the the, the present-day Adrian sounds a little bit loony. Sure. So it was cool to see that, that character, how we recall mm. him. So... Moving forward, this was a major question that I had, something that I wasn't sure about, and I wonder how you took it. Looking Glass knows that his uh, the cactus on his on his desk is bugged by Lori. And so Sister Knight comes over to talk about these pills or whatever. And of course Looking Glass knows that if they have this conversation in front of the cactus, Lori will hear it and it will be incriminating. So he f- so the conversation takes place Sister Knight gets arrested. She sucks down all those memory pills. Did Looking Glass do that because he was helping the 7th Cavalry's agenda based on the video he watched? Or did he do that because he knew that if he didn't do it, that Sister Knight would end up dead? Was it to protect her or was it to help the 7th Cavalry? You gotta think it's both, right? Like, So you think he turned? On some level. Yes, but I think he turned in the same way that like Manhattan agreed with Ozymandias at the end of at the end of the book. Just like, listen, this is the best option, and we can't tell people because of the greater peace. You know, yes, a hard decision, but the one we need to make because we can't have the pandemonium. <sighs> yeah, so I, I I agree with that in a lot of ways. What I'm struggling with, we don't know what all the content was on that video. It's it's from what Ozzy said in the video. It's hours long. Yeah, yeah. So we only saw a few minutes. It's possible that something in that video made Looking Glass feel compelled to side with the Seventh Cavalry in this regard. But my feeling, based on what we actually did see, was that okay. Well, now you know the truth about that element. But what does that have to do 
with the 7th Cavalry being white supremacist racists who need to be shut down. So my theory is that he either already told Sister Knight what was going to happen and that it needed to happen to protect her and her family and that she was playing along or that he didn't tell her but that he only did it because he wanted to, to, to save her life and not in any way to actually aid the 7th Cavalry because they threatened her life and they threatened the kids. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I definitely, I definitely can see that. I can see both angles there. Yeah. Um, I think, I think he would care a lot more about her and her family over the the Seventh Cavalry for sure. Yeah. So yeah, I can definitely see that. I, I, I guess, I guess his motives. You know, the only thing we can do is it depends on what happens next. You know. Yeah, absolutely. And 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 you know, it's a little bit frustrating. That it seems like the next episode is, is going to pivot. But we did have a huge uh, <laughs> a huge cliffhanger here where we see that for all that he did, the 7th Cavalry has come for him. You know, uh, Looking Glass does go into his home and, and here they are with their guns out. This is not, hey, great job. This is, hey, you're dead. Yep. So what? Either either he was being lied to. Or he, uh, honestly, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what to make of it. Yeah, I, I mean, I depend. You know, as I just said, it depends on what's going to happen. Like, yeah, you know, it's and that's a that's a frustrating thing to to sit with. Yeah, you know, it's a cliffhanger. Yeah, but but either way, I really really loved this episode. I love the feeding of information Mm. and this episode made me feel like okay i don't have to worry about oh are we gonna get this answer you know are we gonna learn this information how long is it gonna take you know we're gonna get it when we should and the pacing of this series has been really really strong all throughout and that's not easy to do it's only eight nine episodes which sounds like it's short but when you watch this series, and I think it will play well when it's all done, but you you don't feel exhausted by it in the sense of like, oh god, another episode with no information, like Lost. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it, it's tense, and they're making every possible use out of every single second of television time. Well, and, and what I love about what they're doing is they're, you know, when just as it seems like you you're comfortable in the world or whatever it sort of turns and takes a a look and gives you information from another character's point of view right um and that's wildly fascinating for me that's something i really uh that really stuck with me for this episode yeah absolutely uh this for me personally this 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 season this show is in a lot of ways, a masterclass in storytelling. Yeah. I know a lot of people are not fans of, of the show for, for their own reasons, but for me personally, I'm getting a lot out of it. Uh, not only from an entertainment perspective, but from a learning perspective. I, I would love to get my hands on this script book. <laughs> that would be Seriously. rad. Uh, well, this may interest you then. Uh, there is a podcast. Uh, there is a Watchmen podcast. It's official, actually. It's the official Watchmen podcast. Oh, yeah. And uh, they've they've had Damon on it to talk about the series and how you know the process and things like that. So you may you may want to check that out. Is it 
out? I I thought that wasn't yeah. coming out until the end. No, it started. Oh, ah, ooh, that's. I don't know if I want to do that now or when it is over. Fair enough. I haven't listened to it, but uh, my girlfriend did, and she said that she didn't learn anything spoilery. So, mm. um, up to you. Another note uh, for people out there is that the first volume of the uh, score is actually out, if you want to give that a listen. Ooh. It's been out for the last two episodes. I forgot to mention it last week, but it is out. I've been loving it, so you're going to want to check that out because it's so good. So, so good. I think there are going to be three, I think is what I read. There are going to be three. Yeah. Yep. Trent Reznor. Atticus Ross. Tag team. But, yeah, do you have any last thoughts about the episode here before we wrap Not up? Not this time. No, I think uh, with the, the PDPD information uh, wasn't too too uh, meaty PD. wasn't too PD meaty this episode. <laughs> so uh, the only thing we might keep that, uh, that nostalgia um, pamphlet on hand next episode when we, uh, when we talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there, there, we may, there may be things to learn based on what we see in the next episode mm-hmm. from that. We, we definitely recommend checking out PDPedia anyways, uh, because there is generally something to learn from there. It's, you know, it's nothing major, but it's just stuff that will help you along as you're watching these episodes. It's fun. Um, so yeah, that's going to do it for us here on this episode. Uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed the conversation. If you want to write to us to talk about your thoughts on Watchmen, uh, what your theories are, anything like that, you can hit us up at thecomicspals at gmail.com. And if you need us on any other platform or whatever, you can just Google us and uh, we'll certainly come up. Normally, The Comics Pals is a weekly podcast. We drop every Monday. We talk about comic book news. We talk about movies television shows, all that jazz, whatever's happening in comics, we cover it. So you can find us every single Monday at the Comics Pals all over the place. Give us a listen. And thank you again for listening to We Watched Watchmen. Until next week, take care, guys. Y'all make sure and have a good week now, you hear? 